Hey, this is Steve Olsher, and we've gone through the archives to find some of our favorite episodes from over the years of Reinvention Radio. We've been doing this a long time. As a matter of fact, we released our first episode of Reinvention Radio in 2009, and we've sat down with literally hundreds of people over the years, and we decided, you know what? Let's find some of our favorites, and we're going to re-release them as Reinvention Radio Classics. Hope you enjoy it. Love podcasts? You'll love Podcast Magazine, taking readers into the lives of today's leading podcasters and beyond the microphone of the shows fans love. Each month, Podcast Magazine's dedicated writers share personal interviews, industry happenings, exclusive categorical charts, and independent ratings and reviews of under-the-radar shows. If you listen to podcasts, subscribe now at podcastmagazine.com and grab a free lifetime subscription while you can. That's podcastmagazine.com. This is where normal comes to die. Mediocrity meets its final demise, and the status quo is unabashedly dismantled. Welcome to Reinvention Radio. Now, here's your host, Steve Olsher. Alrighty, welcome to another edition here of Reinvention Radio Live in Club Pod here on Clubhouse. Hanging out with the one and the only, the man himself, Michael Stelzner. Michael Stelzner, how are you, sir? Good to have you here, man. I am doing great. This is my first actual um, podcast interview via Clubhouse, so it's super exciting to kind of connect the dots together here. Yeah, man. So just for those of you who are listening to the podcast, join us live on Clubhouse and, of course, in Club Pod, because this is where you'll be able to ask questions and join the stage and, and have some good quality fun with us over there as well. Now, for those of you who are hanging out with us live right now, what I like to do is I leave, like to leave ample time for Q&A. So I plan on asking Mike some questions. Uh, and then, of course, I want to open it up. And that's one of the benefits of being here. So you guys get to ask the man himself some questions. Also, before we go too far down the path here, you and I have really just started to get to know each other. Like we've been running around the same circles for years. And I've been trying to do something with you. And we finally were able to make this happen is it Mike or is it Michael? I don't want to call you the wrong name for the whole interview here. Oh, well, no. Call me Mike. Uh, totally cool with that. Um, you know, my, my name is Michael, but, you know, everybody who knows me calls me Mike. And you know me, so you can call me Mike. Sweet. I made the list. Yay. I made the, I made the good pile. Anybody All right, can sweet. call me Mike. I'm good with it. All right, man. So let, let's do this. Give us a quick background because there are people who, uh, as a matter of fact, let's just do a quick poll. If you have never, I love doing this and this is more humbling for, for me when I do this and I want it to be just, you know, I just want you to get a sense of where people are at uh, right now. L- let me just get a sense of where you guys are at. If this is your first time, like if you've never, ever, ever, for never, ever, ever, for never met Michael Stelzner or know anything about him at all, will you raise your hand, hit that raise hand button right now I'm just curious out of the people that are on here and don't don't let anybody up on stage Michael I'll I'll handle all that please. So so there you go. Okay, not not too bad, not too shabby, but as always, isn't it crazy how you think you're, you know, you got a name and people know you and then there's always people, there's always farther down the path that you can go, right? So pretty uh pretty interesting. Thank you guys for sharing that here and uh and, and again, I want to make sure that Michael has a chance and I can call you Mike now cuz we're friends. I want to have I want to make sure you have a chance to actually introduce yourself properly. I have a sense of what you're doing now, and I want to get into more of what you were doing before. But for those who might want to find out more about what you're doing right now, how do you describe what you're doing? Because I know you've had to pivot as well. So what, just give them a quick overview. Uh, I'm a marketer. I am a podcaster, and I own a media company called Social Media Examiner, and we specialize in helping marketers figure out the ever-changing world of social media, and that includes Clubhouse. Um, my podcast is called the social media marketing podcast. Uh, my conference is called social media marketing world, which many people might be familiar with. And, um, that's kind of the summary at the macro level. Yeah. Give folks an understanding of where you came from, because I want to make sure that people understand the past because this social media marketing world, I mean, really took on a life of its own. And, and, you know, uh, obviously once the pandemic is over, you'll be able to get back to doing live events. And I know you've had a pivot and we'll talk about that as well, but your background hasn't always been. In, in this world of social media. So let, let's let's set the stage a little bit in terms of where you came from. And then where was that inflection point or that point in time where you really sat there and you said, you know what, this is the path that I want to take. So set it up in terms of what you were doing and then take us through that moment 
where you were like, you know what, I think there's a pretty good opportunity here to, to start doing some things around social media. Well, I have, I've had an, a creative agency that I started in 1996. So I'm going to date myself. Um, and I have, uh, back in the day, you know, I was doing traditional creative. We're talking like annual reports, uh, brochures, mailers, trade show displays. Then around 2000, early 2000s, I pivoted into becoming a writer. I wrote a book eventually called Writing White Papers. I helped a lot of really big brands like FedEx, Motorola, Hewlett Packard, Dow Jones, Microsoft, um, dot, dot, dot. Help them really uh, translate the engineering speak into everyday language that their sales team could use to sell these very expensive and complex things, whatever it was, right? Like, for example, I helped uh, FedEx with their international, um, you know, overnight air, uh, Motorola with their uh, international push to talk, all that kind of fun stuff. So then around probably 2008-ish, Twitter was emerging and Facebook was emerging, and I started to notice a lot of people getting super active with it. And I, um, I started like just exploring in the same way I'm doing right now with clubhouse, right? When something new comes along, I want to understand it, but I wanted to understand it more from a, a B2B perspective. Like what could marketers learn from it? Because I was helping marketers figure out how to go direct to customary, right? To, uh, get rid of the typical middleman, uh, with, which was traditional media and go directly to customers to get leads. And I just started getting fascinated with everything I was discovering on the Twitter and Facebook frontier, because it was all there was in the beginning. And, um, thank you for making me a moderator. Um, and now, um, you know, what happened was I started social media examiner in 2009, uh, which I call kind of the gold rush, if you will, of social media. And um, it just took off like a rocket. And eventually I, I shut down the writing business and decided to go all in on um, social. And back in the day, we were doing online events. So my very first keynote was this guy who um, was known for wine. And he was a guy out of New York City. And he had this, he had this show called Wine Library TV. You might know of him. His name is Gary Vaynerchuk. And, um, you know, we, we had the very first online event for social media. It was called Social Media Success Summit, uh, I think 2009. And, um, and it was just kind of crazy days back then. And, and then many, many years later, we eventually started doing physical conferences and grew that up to like thousands of people. And along the way, you know, we've, if we go to where we are today, we, we develop media across um, the spoken word. Uh, the Social Media Marketing Podcast is... Um, number three in the United States for marketing and number one in the United Kingdom for marketing. Um, and then uh, social media examiner is definitely one of the largest marketing blogs in the world, millions of people each month. And then um, the YouTube channel, you know, we've been developing up as our third leg of the strategy, which is to have audio um, video and the written word. And we have about uh, 450,000 people on our email list. We email them three days a week. And um, we are what I call a product-based media company, which means that uh, we generally don't take ads. Uh, we create, we draw the audience to us and we create products to sell to them and um, bypass all the traditional ways that media companies operate. So there's a little bit of the story. Yeah. I don't know if that was where you wanted me to go. Totally, 100%. Yeah, 100%. So a lot of people are like, oh man, you know, he's got this, he's got that. And he's, I mean, but you've been working that, come on, you've been working at this for a long time. So it's, it's the people who say, yeah, Mike's just an overnight success story. Like, I mean, this, this happened, this didn't happen quickly for you at all. Sorry, I was muted. Uh, no, not at all. Yeah. Um, you know, everything grows on everything else. Right. And I've yeah. made a lot of mistakes along the way. I've learned more from my mistakes and my successes. That is for sure. And I can tell you when I got started in social media, I was an absolute nobody surrounded by people who I thought were ridiculously successful. And I thought there's no way I thought it was going to be a three year tour. I thought social media, I said, I'll give social media three years and then I'll move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Let's let, let's talk about where we're at right now in terms of just this whole entrepreneurial journey. Cause what I want to try to get an understanding of is some people say that entrepreneurs can be made. Other people will say that entrepreneurs are born and it's just, it's part of who they are. It's in their DNA. It's just how they're naturally wired to excel. Are you a natural born entrepreneur or did you have to learn how to be? And do you think entrepreneurs can be made if they're not born? 
I was working inside of corporate America and I was in my early 20s. And I was a hard worker, putting in 60 hours a week. And uh, I remember at the holiday party, the CEO of the company said, this is the best hire we've ever made in the history of the company. And um, it was about a 100 to 200 person company running $100 million a year. And then um, two weeks later, I got terminated because the CEO thought I saw him doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing um, that deals with white powder and his nose. And uh, I had no clue. So I became an entrepreneur overnight. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was just going to go the traditional route of, um, you know, growing uh, in corporate America because that's what everybody did back then, you know, in the 90s. Um, but as I began getting into entrepreneurship and I began realizing the power and independence that comes from having control of your future, I very quickly said, I will never, ever go back. Never. And I began to reflect back on my childhood and how I guess I did have an entrepreneurial spirit. I remember selling worms to the local fishermen in my neighborhood. So um, I think I was always scared to go out on my own. I think yeah. I've always had leadership capabilities and I've always been an extrovert. So I've been a little bit like willing to, to, to take a risk. But, um, but yeah, I was definitely not born an entrepreneur. I definitely was convinced I was going to be a corporate guy. Yeah. So as you look at let's just call it the, the, the past of your entrepreneurial journey and the stepping stones that you had to take to get to where you are now. How has, and I hate to even call them mistakes, but let's just say how has your past and what happened in terms of your entrepreneurial journey, how, how do you think that's most impacted your current thinking and the decisions that you make now moving forward? Oh my gosh. I mean, I think everybody makes incredible mistakes and they learn from it. Um, I'll tell you a big mistake that I made is about four or five years into my social media examiner journey, I was convinced that I could do it again uh, in a totally different industry because I had done it in the writing industry. I became, you know, kind of the most well-known white paper writer. I kind of helped develop that industry. And I was on the way to becoming maybe one of the jokers of the social media world, maybe a prince eventually, we'll see. And I thought, well, you know, I think I'm just going to go big and I want to be the next Walt Disney. And I was convinced that I was going to do it in the, uh, the kids space because I saw a problem that needed fixing, which was digital addiction. And I had young kids at the time. And I thought maybe people like me needed uh, ideas for fun activities they could do in their uh, backyard or in the great outdoors, non-digital activities. So I started something called My Kids Activities uh, or My Kids Adventures, I think it was called. Yeah. And I invested uh, a lot of money. $300,000 and I hired employees and staff and took all the lessons that I had learned from building up social media examiner. And, um, a year into it, uh, I went to a mommy blogger event called blog her. And, um, I was convinced that I was going to find all these amazing brands that would want to work with me. And then I realized everyone that was there didn't work for the brands. They were PR agencies that were hired. And then I began to talk to some of the people. I even started another podcast called Parenting Adventures, which is now long since gone. And um, I began to realize I made a really important mistake before I started this. I didn't talk to other bloggers. I was convinced that I could just make all the money off display advertising. <laughs> and then eventually I started talking to bloggers that were way bigger than I was at Social Media Examiner. And they began to tell me how little money they were making. And I realized, oh no, I've made a critical mistake. And I eventually did a podcast about it. I think it was called my $300,000 mistake. Um, and I shut that business down. I kept all these staff and rolled them into social media examiner. And I learned a lot. First of all, I learned how to do cool things with images that I, I worked into social media examiner. I learned, I got to do a lot more work before I just dive in, you know, like I've got to actually do a little bit more research, which is my normal way of operating. And uh, now to this day, I mean, I'm glad I had that mistake because it forced me whenever I do anything new to kind of have a research mentality. And uh, now when I do stuff, I do extensive uh, research, survey research to try to understand what the struggles and challenges are of the audience that I'm about to do. And uh, man, I'll tell you what, it was shortly after that, that the company started blowing up in a good way. I also learned that a house divided isn't going to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, here we had social media examiner rocketing into the moon and I was distracted playing 
fun activities with my kids <laughs> on this other project. So yeah, I mean, like that's just one of many of these kinds of things that I've learned along the way. And I think that's the power of uh, entrepreneurship is you fail your way up. Yeah, for sure. Lots of awesome people hanging out with us in the audience. I'm going to give you guys a, a chance to come on up as well. If this is your first time hanging out with us in Club Pod, welcome to Club Pod. Uh, please make sure you put your thumb on that little green house and join us in Club Pod. Uh, one of the things that we like to do here is have you guys show some love to the club while you're hanging out with us, which means, as you can see, some of the folks in the top row there and others have changed over their image to a Club Pod image changing their profile picture. So if you're brand new to Clubhouse, you can just put your little face on your, uh, your thumb on your face and your profile and you can change out that image. What we like to do, not mandatory, but what we like to do is when I'm gonna open up for questions here and Ed, I see you, my man, I would love for you to come up and ask a question as well because I know that you're curious about uh, the future of social media marketing and so on. So I see you, man. Um, and I see a lot of others as well that I'm gonna bring up here. But one of the things that we love to do is bring up those who show some love to the club first. Again, not mandatory, but I'm going to do that PTR, that pull to refresh. And when I open it up for questions, the first people that we're going to bring up are going to be those who do change it over and again, show some love to the club. Not mandatory, but we love it when you do it while you're here. Uh, the other thing is, if we've never met before, my name is Steve Olsher. I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of Podcast Magazine, the creator here of Club Pod. And I will just simply say that I am a huge fan of everything that's going on here with Clubhouse, I spend an ample amount of time on here, much to uh, Kelly's, uh, who runs our company's chagrin, and my wife's chagrin, and our family's chagrin. But I'm hoping there's going to be a Clubhouse Anonymous starting somewhere sometime, because I will be one of the first members of that club for sure. But let's talk about Clubhouse, Mike, man, because you sit in, in, in kind of that catbird seat. You have a really great pulse on what's going on in the world of social media. So let, let's talk about First and foremost, what what do you think Clubhouse is getting right in in the world of social media? And let me also say that I'm going to open this up for questions. And again, I'm going to do the pull to refresh here. Uh, and we'll, the first people that we'll bring up are, are those again who change over to Clubhouse. So, Michael, what from your perspective, Clubhouse man? What are they getting right? A lot right. I mean, my gosh, I think they're doing. If if I compare what Clubhouse is doing to all the other social platforms, they're a mile ahead of them all when they were at this age. Clubhouse is um, communicating with the community twice a week, which is amazing. Clubhouse is supporting a wide array of different kinds of people and topics and subjects. Clubhouse is a really well thought out uh, dynamic app because there's layers right to it. Like for example, we've got the front row here which are people followed by you and me. Um, and we've also got clubs, which adds another layer to it. And you can have followers of clubs and you can have members of clubs. I mean, I just think there's so much to this that, um, I mean, I am extremely bullish. I yeah. can tell you that I can't, haven't been this excited about a social platform probably since Twitter came out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and by the way, the hand raising is open now. So again, if you wanted to come up, ask Michael a question, feel free to raise your hand. We'll get to as many questions as we possibly can here. So what is your take in terms of how, Mike, do you think that Clubhouse is going to impact the world of podcasts directly? It's a wonderful question. And um, I'm going to say something that I think you might disagree with. But I do think that those that are on Clubhouse, which is probably like, a couple million, uh, maybe maybe eight hundred thousand active daily is my guess. Um, the, are first of all people that enjoy listening to uh, audio conversation, and we all know those of us on Clubhouse that it's a very addictive platform, and people are spending the most time on this app over every other app on their phone, and as a result of that, it is likely um, substituting. Uh, in their podcast listenership. For example, I was listening to a really fascinating discussion and I decided to listen to it on my drive home instead of listen to the traditional podcast that I have. And the challenge there is that there's just only so much time that we have in the day to listen to podcasts, right? So I do think it is, um, it is going to alter the way people consume audio that are hardcore podcast listeners like myself. Those that are new to audio, I think it's gonna open them up to um, exploring deeper into um, the creators on the platform that happen to have podcasts. But in the short run, I think that the audio creators that are also listeners 
have had to sacrifice something and they probably have given up a little bit of their audio listening. And I know this because I'm friends with a lot of these people and they've told me this. So uh, that's just my two cents. I think in the long run, it's all going to grow together and intertwine in a powerful way that we can't fully imagine yet. Yeah. And let's play that out even further then. So that's podcasts specifically. And, you know, look, reality is if you're, if, if we're sitting here having this conversation and you can hear my voice in this moment, what you're not doing is you're not listening to a podcast, right? So there is definitely at least awareness that has to be had by podcasters across the globe. Mike, do you see podcasting in in a symbiotic and synergistic relationship with Clubhouse, or do you do you need both moving forward? What, well, here's what's your thing. take on I that? I mean, here's the thing. There, this is much smaller than a podcast audience, okay? I mean, like, I don't know how big your podcast is, Steve, but I know that my podcast, I could never get all those people into a clubhouse room. It would break clubhouse, you know? So so it's a different dynamic. It's an intimate, interactive dynamic. Even a 5,000-person room clubhouse is too small for, for a podcast like mine. You know, so um, I don't think it'll ever replace it because there's some people that want the chance to be part of a live experience and don't want to miss it. And there are some people that want to listen to a produced show. And that's why I think it's going to expand in the same way podcasting has expanded and some in some regards stolen music. Right. Like, why do you think Spotify and Amazon music are investing so much in acquiring podcasts because it's not just because they don't want to pay license fees to music. It's also because they understand there's a big audience there that spends a lot of time. And if they can get that share of ear, um, then they can begin to figure out how to monetize that. I think that tools like this are going to open up people to audio consumption. Uh, maybe that have never done it before in the same way podcasting opens up people to audio consumption as an alternative to music. Love that. All right, and as you guys can see here, we started bringing some people up. Again, the first people that we'll bring up are those who do show some love to the club. Thank you for that. Uh, I will open it up for questions here in in just one moment, but I, I do want to ask you one more thing, Mike, before uh, we, we get to Thomas for the first question here. How have you, on a personal level, and then how has your business on a on a corporate level reinvented itself during the pandemic? Uh, well, I mean, my business got annihilated by the pandemic cause I'm in the conference business, right? So, uh, we would be having 5,000 people from all over the world in San Diego here in exactly a month. So that was a pretty dramatic shift and change. Um, we've had to, uh, roll with the punches and not be so, um, uh, dependent if you will on one product being such a big chunk of our revenue. So we've had to innovate. Um, and I love that because I am an optimist and I look at everything with a growth mindset and I look into the future and I say, what's all this going to make possible? Um, it made clearly Clubhouse possible in some regards, and I am excited about all the possibilities that come from this. So I, I think that um, the pandemic definitely threw a wrench in a lot of businesses like mine, but um, those of us that will survive and ultimately thrive will be agile, just like we've always had to be in business. So. I actually love it when stuff like this happens because it forces me to kind of wake up and look at things from a different light and kind of embrace change. Yeah, and let's let's part of what we try to do with Podcast Magazine. Mike, have you read it? Have you seen it? Where what's your what's your take on the magazine? Just uh, by I out of curiosity, you sent me a copy of it digitally okay. once, but it's been a while. It's been a while. All right, we got to get it back over to you. Part of what we try to do with Podcast Magazine is we try to humanize, so to speak, the the podcasters that people. Uh, of course, know and love, and then introduce them to podcasters that the world hasn't heard from a million times, but should definitely be listening to. I, I want to try to humanize you a, a bit beyond what people might hear on the show. So can you follow that up then with in terms of on a personal level, what has really changed for you or what you've reexamined or, yeah. you know, maybe maybe even what are you what are you completely reinventing in your life right now? Well, um, first of all, it's uh, allowed me to connect with my kids in a better way, you know, because they were home more 
homeschooling. So I've really, I've got one kid who went off to college and um, the other two kids are still in the house and it enabled me to really spend a lot more quality time with them. And it forced me to like realize, hey, the clock is ticking. And, um, you know, once they're out of the house, they're kind of on their own. So that was awesome. My wife and I have been able to do a lot more couch talks, a lot more, you know, even though there's stress that comes with trying to figure out how to reinvent a business, um, there's also just a lot of opportunity that comes when you're not physically going anywhere at all. So I think it's transformed nearly every part of my personal life. I, I think I'm a better human, frankly. I'm a better listener uh, because because of everything that's gone down. Yeah, love that. All right, again, if you want to ask a question, uh, the hand raising is open. As I said, the first people that we bring up are those who do show some love to the club while you're here changing over the Club Pod uh, logo. You just do that on your profile picture. I'll do the PTR, the Puller Refresh, uh, and then I'll give you guys an opportunity to come up here uh, as well. Please make sure, especially for those that are new and still have the party hat, the party popper, whatever you want to call it, uh, please make sure you're following Mike so you can be notified of when Mike goes live. Make sure you're following me so you can be notified when I go live. And please make sure that you join us in Club Pod. Just put your little thumb on that house. Join us. And if you're enjoying this conversation and you think of at least one other person who you know who could benefit from hearing directly from the social media marketing man himself, Mike Stelsner, hit that plus sign at the bottom and just invite at least one person in. Let's really blow this up and give Michael the love that he deserves. And uh, yeah, Mike, did you want to say something? I saw you unmuted yourself. Well, yeah, uh, plus, you know, there's also that little share button. I just tweeted it out too, right? Which you can do now. So, which is kind of cool. A lot of people don't realize that when you hit that plus sign, there's a share button and you can go ahead and tweet it out right back live into this room, which is kind of cool. Yeah, let's make this super interactive. So Mike, just step people through how to do that. Because again, this is something yeah, just that- click, Yeah, click the click the plus button, hit the share button. And you're going to see a whole bunch of stuff come up on your screen and you're just going to scroll until you see Twitter and then you click on Twitter and it will give you the link and then you can just populate in whatever text you want and boom, it'll it'll go right out to Twitter or Messenger or wherever you want to share it, frankly. Nice. I just did it. Thanks, Mike, for the lesson on that one. <laughs> so there you go. Learn something yeah, new every day. Now you got day. a new way to train your audience. To now I got a new in, way, right? right? That's awesome. Thank you so much. All right. So let's do this. Thomas, um, I don't want to have a lot of backstory just because we want to try to get to people. Uh, and when you guys do come up on stage, please go ahead and mute yourself. So Raven, go ahead and mute yourself. Thank you. Uh, why don't you just fire away straight with the question? And uh, if Mike needs any backstory, he'll ask for it. You got it. Okay. Well, thanks for having me on stage. Uh, Michael, my question is, what do you see as the biggest opportunities for brands to leverage this uh, this clubhouse platform? Thomas, it's a wonderful question. I would first do what my brand has done, uh, start a club with the brand name. Like we have a social media examiner club. And um, then when you start thinking about the dynamics of what you could do with the club, uh, you could just allow customers into the club, but you could allow anyone to follow the club. And what that allows you to do is have private customer only uh, rooms, if you will, um, by just choosing to, um, go, you know, live, if you will here, uh, just for members of the quote unquote, the club. Um, and I think that's a powerful thing to do, but a lot of people have asked me about how to brands utilize this. And I think you should apply for a club in your brand name ASAP, uh, cause it's going to take a while, you know, for it to get approved. And, uh, then once it does get approved, take your logo, like we've done with social media examiner. And if you click on my profile and go all the way to the bottom, you'll see the Social Media Examiner Club bottom left. Um, you can kind of see how we do it. And then what we do at Social Media Examiner is we, you know, once to twice a week, host a club and say it's just like uh, what Steve does here. Welcome to the Social Media Examiner Club. We tell people, click on the little green Monopoly sign and follow the club at the top. And we're just growing that audience. And then eventually, you know, you've got some search algorithm stuff going on if people know your brand and, that's one way to do it. Um, another way to do it is to uh, potentially find influencers on this platform and do a negotiation with them where you could maybe um, do a sponsored room where you ask them to um, let you be the host of the room and it could be brought to you by and the name of your brand. Um, uh, and, and that's what I would do. Uh, and I would start to watch a lot of others that are that are doing it and just kind of wrap your brain around it. It's kind of a blank canvas, Thomas. I mean, there's so many opportunities here and we're kind of figuring out as we go. Great. Thanks. Yeah. Excellent question. 
All right, and uh, and thanks to everybody up on stage. By the way, if you run a club in the future or if you have a club now, um, this is just one of the cool things that I like to do here. I've seen other people start to do it now. Um, but if you talk about great images for social, <laughs> take a screenshot of this for Club Pod, right? Because this is something you could do for your club, like Mike for social media marketing and you know that club, right? Getting people to switch it over. It's just, it just, it's, I love when people do this. And so thank you for doing it. And uh, it's just a little tip there, especially for those of you who are new to Clubhouse. Uh, just a little trick that uh, that I picked up. Uh, Tell them how to do it because I don't think I would know how to do it. How in the world, do you have like a, do you have something in your bio that's got a link to the graphic or something? That is a great question. Let us ask one of the people who has done it. So Thomas, how did, as long as you have the floor here, Thomas, how did you do it? I found somebody else with the, with the logo on their profile. I, I clicked on their profile. I did a screenshot and just uploaded it that way. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Easy peasy. All right, Thomas, thanks, man. Uh, and we'll drop it over to, and I'm going to butcher your name and I'm sorry, Advaith, is that it? Yes, that is. You nailed it. But right. um, yeah, good job. But my question is, as a marketing student, Michael, what are your tips for other marketing students to help them land um, a job at a major marketing firm such as your company or VaynerMedia? So um, the best way to actually get um, on the, on the uh, attention roll, if you will, of uh, any kind of uh, media company or agency is to actually start doing what you're learning while you're in college. Use content to make a name for yourself, right? Just go out of your way to be active on, start with one platform, right? And, um, you know, you, if you want to be known in a specific, specific niche, then you got to just start going out there and creating content. One of the best things to do is probably to, to look for others you can model. So if there's, let's say you want to be known in the, um, I don't know, uh, fitness world, right? I don't know what your industry is, but you know, you, you start creating content that's designed to attract that audience to you. You can become an influencer on any platform just by creating great content and drawing, you know, an audience to you. And eventually what will end up happening when you hit a certain threshold is you will have tons of people coming to you and you won't have to go to them at all. Um, cause the path now isn't necessarily go to a big agency like Gary Vaynerchuk's agency. The path is instead just figure this stuff out and opportunities will start falling in your lap. And that's exactly how it works for nearly everyone. They get recognized because of the words that come from their lips on this platform. They get recognized for the content they publish on others. And that, that's really the key to success. Yeah, I love that. Hope that's helpful, Advait. Thank you very much. And uh, before we get to Angel, who I will get to here in, in just a second, let me ask you this, Mike. So uh, as far as your business is concerned, what are you currently measuring and how often are you measuring those metrics? In other words, what, what, what KPIs, how do you know when you win? December 31st, 2021, how do you know when you won? So here's the key. You have to know what are your, what, what can, I call it leverage. Okay. What, what can I do that can enable other things to happen? So there's really three things that I'm focused on this year. Number one is email growth. I'm trying to get to 25,000 emails a month up from 19,000 a month. Uh, what does that make possible? Well, that makes possible. We have a newsletter that goes out three days a week. It, it, it allows me to grow my audience and it allows me to um, sell more of the products that we, we, we offer, right? So I could say I want to sell more. Or I could say I just want to grow my email list because if I grow my email list and we do our email marketing right, then everything will grow. That's leverage number one. Uh, leverage number two is uh, our YouTube channel. I want to get to uh, 1 million monthly views and um, 250,000 uh, uh, YouTube subscribers. We're currently at 400,000 views and 110,000. What does that make possible? Well, that makes a whole bunch of stuff possible. First of all, the, the channel will, um, will pay for itself because the amount of money that we generate off the display ads will more than cover the, the production costs. Uh, in addition, it will allow us to go to the next level, which, because we have a strategy at Social Media Examiner where we, we give, 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 give before we ever ask. You know, Gary eventually called that jab, 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 right hook, but, you know, I've been doing that forever. And the idea is to give it all away for free and just develop such, we want to have the biggest marketing channel full stop on YouTube. And when that happens, it's going to enable a whole bunch of other things. And the last real big metric is to uh, get me out there a little bit more. You know, during the pandemic, I've been working on product development and I'm now 
kind of getting back out there. So I've got my social media marketing podcast, I've got the social media marketing talk show. So I do those two shows a week. I'm doing at least one clubhouse appearance a week. I'm taking more of a leadership role in the industry. And I know that when I do that, it's going to allow me to discover more talent, which will allow me to bring them to social media examiners, different products, and that will open up better, all sorts of things for yeah. us. So those are my three leverage points, myself, my email and my YouTube channel. And that's it. I don't, I just want to make, I just want to actually be profitable. If I make a dollar this year, I'll be happy. Mm -hmm. It's not about, it's not about like last year, we were very profitable. We got to get back to profitability and all three of these will enable that. That's yeah. my, that's where I'm going. And real quick, just as far as the email goes, what are you willing to pay for a lead and where you find, cause 25,000 new. Oh, I don't, I don't pay anything for leads. Okay. Let's talk about it. So how do you, how do you get 25,000 in on a month? Oh, it's, well, we have a huge blog, right? I mean, we have a lot of people that come to our website. So all we got to do is, is up our conversion rate a little bit. And all of a sudden we solve it. So, um, when you have as many people as we do coming to social media examiner. So, so how do you do that? You make sure you get more articles ranking, uh, in search. Mm. Um, so we work on our SEO. Um, how do you do that? You make sure your, um, conversion rate optimization, which is the, fancy word for uh, getting people on your email list when they hit your website goes up and you do that by experimenting with different things to uh, kind of see what converts and what doesn't convert. Thank you for that, Angel. Hello, thank you so much for doing this, Steve. And uh, hi, Michael, you were my inspiration back in 2009 when I did, uh, actually 2010 when I did my first summit. I listened to your summit in the spring of 2010 and then I did my wow. first all of 2010 and I modeled it after yours. So um, I really am very grateful for all you've done for the industry and how much you've been a leader. And my question is, you know, back then we had, you know, much, much fewer platforms. And now it's like constantly there's new, new platforms, including Clubhouse, which I'm madly in love with. But my question for you is if somebody were starting now, where would you tell them to focus most of their energy and attention in terms of social media presence? Because, you know, I think you just get to a certain point and you're spread incredibly thin. So I'd love to hear, you know, what you would advise somebody today, if they were starting today, where would you tell them to invest their time? It's a wonderful question. And um, like the college student that was up here, you know, a little bit ago, it, it, it's there's three different ways to go in my opinion first you have to assess the key to it all is content okay so you have to assess uh where do my gifts best lie am i a writer am i someone who has the gift of gab like steve and i do or am i someone who really enjoys showing up on camera video right and you have to decide because if you're a writer well then you you can start writing on medium you can start writing on linkedin you can start writing on twitter you can start writing on Facebook, you can start writing on a blog, boom, and you can just use that, that gift, if you will, to start drawing readers to you. If you're an audio junkie, well, obviously, this platform is a great way to start. And then of course, you've got, you've got podcasting, if you're into video, well, then that opens up a massive opportunity, right? Because um, if you're a performer, then you can do live video, right? And you've got nearly every platform has live video. And if you prefer to be someone who um, prefers to edit it, right? Like the introverts who really want it perfect and don't feel comfortable being in front of a live audience thrive on YouTube, uh, thrive on TikTok, thrive on reels on Instagram, right? So what you have to do is you have to figure out like, where are your gifts? Then the second thing is you have to ask yourself, who do I want to attract? Um, you know, and what platform are they generally on? Chances are pretty good. They're all on Facebook, right? Uh, but there's certain platforms like Snapchat and TikTok that attract a slightly younger audience, right? Uh, or a B2B audience might be on LinkedIn, dot, 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 dot. Uh, Clubhouses tends to be a slightly older audience. Um, so you just have to kind of know where they're hanging out. And once you match all that together, then you come up with a strategy and you're off to the races. And it isn't as simple I'm making it simple, but that is truly the route that I think almost anyone can go. And the key is once you decide where you want to go, then you've got to figure out what in the world you want to say. That's the hardest part. Love that. Oh, I have no problem with that, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds like you're a podcaster. Problem. Sounds like you're a podcaster. <laughs> I am. I'm a podcaster for sure. All right. Thanks, Angel. Let's, uh, let's kick it over to Sabeth. 
Hi, yes, Sabbath. Sabbath. Thank you, Steve and Michael, so much. Michael, I wanted to ask, I heard you talk about your journey, and I love what you said, that you've learned more from your mistakes than you have from your successes. So my question is, through all the reinventing that you've had to do and all the pivots you've had to take and things you've had to let go of, what is one thing or maybe mindset that you've that you've hung on to throughout the whole journey? I haven't hung on to anything, Sabbath. I, I've, 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 I've had to let go of everything. I've had to realize that I needed to change my mindset. You know, my mindset was not a growth mindset. You know, I believed that I was who I was and people would just have to accept me or not. Right. And now I have a growth mindset and I believe everything that happens happens for a reason and it's to sharpen me and make me better and to help me know, Oh, maybe that's not the direction I ought to go learn that one. Let's move in a different direction. So, um, I feel like, I feel like I'm in a maze constantly and it's amazing in a good way, right? Because every day that I walk through it, I begin to understand more. I begin to kind of get like a little bit higher up the hill and I have more clarity as I get higher up the hill because I can look back and see where I've gone, where I've come from and kind of where I'm headed. And um, I don't know if that answers your question. I might've gone down a rabbit trail, so <laughs> feel free to clarify. No, I love that. I've been listening to your podcast for years now and I just, love any of the wisdom that you have to share. So thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, you know, the mindset is a really important part of it, everybody. Um, you know, I have a lot of people that work for me and I'm constantly dealing with my directors and I'm saying, Hey, why are we, why are we doing that? Nobody ever asked them why. And they're like, uh, cause I've always done it this way. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to give you a little tip that I gave my, one of my employees today. Um, it's called the D D E model. It's called do and then it's called delegate, and then it's called eliminate. And what I want you to do is imagine a pie chart. And I want you to draw a line from the top to the bottom of the pie chart. And on that right half, I want you to put an E for eliminate. Then I want you to take the remaining pie chart, and I want you to slice it right down the middle in the other direction. So you've got a 50% and two 25%. And one of the 25%, I want you to delegate it. And, the, and what's left, I want you to do yourself, right? And the process of elimination is so powerful. Here's another example. My kids come to me and say, dad, I want an app. And I said, fine, delete two. Every time they come to me, I said, you remove two, you get a new app because the process of removing things makes new things possible. And this is the struggle of those of us that are marketers and entrepreneurs is we have too much. And we say, we don't have any room for more. And it's not until we realize that we actually have plenty of room. We just need to let go. We need to stop doing things. And there's an amazing book that I recommend by Dr. Henry Cloud called Necessary Endings, one of the best books I've ever read in my life. And it applies to personal life and it applies to business. And you would be surprised what you could achieve if you just stop doing something. And you want to know what? Guess what, everybody? You chose to be here right now and log these crazy long hours on Clubhouse, which is proof that you are willing to stop things. Ain't that <laughs> the truth. Do, <laughs> all you've got to do is apply that to your business and to your life. Right, love that. Thanks, Sabbath. Hope that was helpful for you. Appreciate the question. All right, let's let's uh, let, let's do this. Uh, again, please make sure you're showing Michael some love there. If you're, if you're not following Mike, let, let's blow him up right now. Get him, get him some more followers. Put that bell on. Get notified whenever Mike goes live. Um, please make sure you're following my, uh, my account and, and, of course, Club Pod as well just by putting your little thumb on there and get notified. We are in Club Pod here, about to go 24-7, which is a little scary. So, um, But yeah, we've got, we've got about 40 Club Pod leaders that have come on to lead rooms here. And so we're going to be, we're going to try to be the, the all things to podcast, podcast culture and podcasting channel that, uh, that we can be. So definitely join us for that ride and uh, we'll let you know when we open up for new club pod leaders, if we open up for new club pod leaders uh, as well. But Mike, I just want to get a, a quick question and, and just, I'm really trying to figure this out, like, because so much of what you do, I mean, you've spent years building up this brand and obviously you're very protective of the brand in, in all the right ways. And so when you look at a show like, you know, the, the social uh, media podcast, I mean, the social media marketing podcast and everything that you're doing there, it's, it's a pretty big tough egg to crack in terms of being a guest on that show. Like I've 
personally tried for years and reached out and I can't, I can't get through the gatekeeper there. So what, what do you look for? What's, how do you get to a yes on your show? This is a great question. Uh, everybody who's got a podcast knows, and most people in the room do that. Everybody wants to be on your show. Right. And that's the biggest problem with podcasting is that there's, I get inquiries multiple times a day and pitches multiple times a day, you know, and in the beginning I would, I would say yes to my friends and I would say yes to people just because I didn't know what I was doing. But when your podcast actually has a strategic purpose and you protect that purpose, people respect you and will continue to listen to your show. I realized a couple of years, you know, I'm coming up on nine years on the social media marketing podcast. I realized a couple of years in that um, I was losing listeners sometimes when I would bring on a friend just because I had a new book. And I began to say, all right, you know what? I've got to be true to my audience. I am for marketers and I'm specifically about marketing tactics. And that is going to be my mission. And I'm going to use that as my litmus test. And if it's not for marketers and it's not specifically on the topics that I care about, right? Which is social marketing generally or content marketing. It's just not going to work because it's not what my mission is, right? Because my podcast is part of my business. It's one of my larger channels. I have extremely loyal following of people that listen to me every week. I have to deliver for them. So I have to be careful that I don't go off topic. And I think that's what makes my show a little different than other shows is that I actually am super, super careful about who I bring on the show. And um, we have a, a massive vetting process that people go through. I need to make sure that they are a true expert, not that they say they're an expert. And I seek out examples of their work. And, you know, there's everybody says they're an expert, but I need evidence that they've actually done it, right? Because I want people who know how to communicate, who are articulate, who can teach, who can get to the point, who won't ramble, who will prepare. And that is evidenced by their public work that's out there. So that's why it's just a hard gate to get through. It's probably one of the harder. Well, actually, I know it's the hardest podcast to get on in the marketing world for sure. But I can tell you that when I do reach out to people and ask them to be on the show, guess what? It's nearly an instant yes. Yeah. <laughs> because they know how hard it is to get on that show. Yeah. Appreciate that. And let's go to Rachel. And uh, obviously, want to be respectful of your time here, Mike. Do, do we have you a little bit past yeah, the I'll top? You, I, I, yeah, I'll, I will go, we'll go a little bit longer. Okay. All right. Rachel, please. Hi, Michael and Steve. Thank you so much for having me out. I'm actually from Australia. So this is the first time I've heard of you, Michael. And you are very, very amazing. So I've loved all the pearls of wisdom you've given us tonight. So I have um, a question for you. So like everyone else, I have been sucked into this vortex of Clubhouse and I am absolutely loving everything. And I love Club Pod and I've been following you, Steve. I've got the bell on you. So my question to you is at the moment, because we have to be there in real time and it is such a new and evolving um, platform, how has it made your business pivot right now? Are you spending a lot of hours on here? I love the question, Rachel, and great to have you from, you said Australia, right? Down under. Super exciting to have you. Um, I do not get on Clubhouse unless it's the end of the day. So um, I generally am not on there during working hours. I'm on, you'll see me on there on Saturdays, like I'll be on tomorrow morning to talk about uh, Clubhouse versus Twitter Spaces at 7 a.m. Pacific, which is probably too early for you in Australia. But, um, but yeah, I'm generally on there on the weekends and in the evenings. And um, I really guard my time during the day. Sometimes when, I, when I'm at lunch, uh, you know, if I'm not listening to a podcast, I'll, I, will, I will peek into a room and not come up on stage. But I just don't do it during business hours. And that's the, that's, the, that's the way I roll. And that means sometimes I can't get people on my club because they're not available on the weekend. You know, that's part of the consequence of it but it's just yeah i'm super careful because like i know how many hours this thing can take but i do know a lot of people uh rachel who are finding incredible business on here and have made this their prime platform and they're on here all the time because they're coaches and consultants and agency owners and for them it makes total sense to be on here yeah because they this is the easiest way for them to acquire a hot lead yeah for sure so it's kind of whatever it is for your business yeah, thanks, Rachel. Yeah. Great question. Thank I appreciate you. it. Just so we can get to some other folks who have been patiently waiting. Uh, I just want to keep this short. Mm, let's go over to Raven. And Raven, if you can fire away with your question, yeah, that would be great. Absolutely. absolutely. Hi, Michael. And thank you, Steve, uh, for bringing him here and having me on here. I appreciate it. Michael, I enjoyed your 
interview with Ed and Nikki on about Clubhouse. Really good. <laughs> that was really awesome. Um, my quick question is, um, you mentioned blog earlier that that's where you have a lot of, uh, you get a lot of success in getting your business out. Do you find that blogs are, are like at the top of your list in marketing other than social media or about even? Uh, way above social media. Okay. And here's why. Okay. Um, we, even though we have some pretty big channels, the problem with social media right now is you have to pay to get in front of those audiences, right? I mean, we all know the problem with Facebook and Instagram and all the other platforms is there's algorithms that stop your fans, followers from actually seeing your content. Mm -hmm. And it's now a pay to play model. And I don't want to pay to play. I'd rather build and I've always been a builder, right? So the idea is build an audience, right? And this is what, yeah. this is the power of podcasting. You control your RSS feed. If you have a blog, you know, you control the content and all you've got to do is capture their email address so you can communicate with them. Um, so I believe that in the end, the channels that you own are better than the channels that you lease. And you are leasing a channel whenever you are on Clubhouse, whenever you are on Facebook, whenever you are on Instagram. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be there. It just means you need to figure out a way to get people off of those platforms to another platform that you do own. And the key is either email or phone number. And that's where email acquisition or SMS, text messaging, apps like community become really, really important. So, um, so if you're a writer, I would encourage you to start writing. And maybe in the beginning, you have to write on someone else's platform just to kind of get known. Maybe you can even write for someone else's blog, which is something a lot of people don't think about. There are a lot of big blogs in every industry that take guest writers. And if you're amazing, you can start there, start developing a name for yourself, start developing a little bit of an audience, then go off and start your own thing. Awesome. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Raven. And uh, let's go over to Giovanna. Hello, everyone. Hello, Steve. Hello, Michael. Thank you for having me here. Um, Michael, I have a question for you and it regards Clubhouse and search. So my question is, do you think that Clubhouse will lead the shift to voice search? I don't think so. Um, right now, it's kind of hard to do voice search on live stuff, right? Because uh, even in podcasting, voice search isn't kind of there. I mean, we have... Google and and we have Apple that are using AI to try to look at what's being said in a podcast and try to surface it up. But that is such a massive when you say voice search, you mean like you mean like Alexa and stuff. Is that what you're talking about? Or what exactly? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't think that they're going to be there anytime soon. I think they're using traditional methods to try to lift up people, which is just good old fashioned algorithms. Um, I think they're just mostly letting the voice happen inside the rooms. Um, but I do know that there's a lot of voice tech happening and um, I wouldn't be surprised if voice search becomes the predominant way that we search. I mean, right now on Google, on a phone, you can, you can use voice search, but I don't think it's going to be a big part of clubhouse anytime soon because I think it's a monumental technical challenge that they're not going to try to tackle right out of the gate. Yeah. I appreciate the question. Thank you. Thank you. Miha, you've been patiently Thank waiting. Yep, yep. Miha, you've been patiently waiting. What's your question for Michael? Good morning. For me, it's almost 3 a.m. So <laughs> I run a PR and marketing agency in Romania. And I think that Clubhouse came at the right moment when individuals and uh, brands felt the need of a breath of fresh air. But at the same time, I think it will push us to innovate in storytelling. And um, it's a perfect platform to amp up our communication game as well. Uh, Michael, do you think that this is uh, the new growth hack for niche brands to communicate or for mainstream brands to customize their content? Uh, first of all, thank you for staying up. Um, I do think this is an incredible accelerant for business. And I think people are going to have to get creative about how they do it. But I do think that I've seen so many people that have been struggling to grow their business and all of a sudden, because they have a voice and because they can add value and because they can in entertain or engage with people, all of a sudden people are paying attention to them in a way that people have not in years. So I do think in that regards, it's a growth hack. It's a growth accelerant. And I do think that if you can figure out a way to do it and there's an audience out there for it, 
you can totally take it as far as you want to go. That's my thoughts. Yeah, great question. Thanks for staying up with us, Miha. I really appreciate it. Just Thank so we you. can get to some more folks here. Uh, I just want to keep it nice and short and sweet and be very respectful of Michael's time here. Uh, just as a quick reminder, Club Pod is the brain trust of Podcast Magazine. And so each month we do try to bring you podcasters that you're very familiar with and, and go deeper into their lives and give you an understanding of who they are beyond the microphone. And of course, introduce you to lots of folks that perhaps you haven't heard of, but definitely shows that you should be listening to. And if you have a podcast and you want to be featured in the magazine, make sure you reach out for one of the appropriate category directors because they are always looking for shows to feature. And the fastest, easiest way, for some anyway, to get featured in the magazine is tell your fans to vote for you. Tell your listeners to vote for you at podcastmagazine.com slash hot50. And every month we release the Hot 50 chart, which is the only chart that is based on podcast fans voting and has nothing to do with subscribes or ratings or reviews or downloads. And so every single month, you'll see lots of shows on the chart that frankly aren't the usual suspects. And so it's the easiest, fastest way to get into the magazine. And if you're not a subscriber, as a way of saying thank you for hanging out here with us in Club Pod. Let me give you a private backdoor link to use to grab a free lifetime subscription, which is clubpod.club. So real easy, clubpod.club. Private backdoor link to grab a free lifetime subscription to Podcast Magazine. Again, as a way of saying thank you for hanging out with us here in Club Pod. Make sure you put your little green thumb on that house. Join us in Club Pod. Invite other people in. And please make sure you file, uh, follow Michael, follow me, uh, and just join us for the ride because we're going to have a lot of fun here in Clubhouse throughout 2021. And we've got some really interesting people joining us here uh, right around the corner in Club Pod. And we'll let you know about that as well. Rachel, what's your question? Hey, good evening. Thanks, Steve. Uh, hello, Steve, Michael, everyone. Uh, hello from an unusually cold Houston. It actually feels like winter around here. Uh, and I am a fan and subscriber of both your shows. Um, I am the founder of Swag Strategy Solutions, and I also host the Project Get Out Your Own Way podcast. And my question is really for both of you, Steve and Michael, because both of you have clubs here. And I am really uh, interested in still kind of learning about clubs and how they work and how they um, operate. And I'm just wondering, based on your experience, one, what has it been like um, having a club? Has, has that been a, a really good way um, to build community? And also, how do you see that comparing to other ways of building community? And, and maybe that part of the question is more for Michael, uh, especially to especially compared to like Facebook groups um, and other things like that. How do you, how would you say clubs here on Clubhouse compare to that? Steve, why don't you address the, uh, you've had your club longer than me. You can address the first part. I can address the comparative to socials part. Sure. And um, I will say this, which is I don't have the ear of Paul or Rohan or Anu or Stephanie or some of the key people there, although I would love to get uh, in and have a chat with them. So I don't have inside information to share. But what I can share is that my hunch and where I believe that this platform is going in terms of support and algorithm and driving people towards the activities that are taking place here on the platform I believe that the future of this platform lives uh, much, there's, there's a much bigger opportunity for you to gain traction here algorithmically, if that's even a word, um, through a club. Because ultimately, it's called Clubhouse for a reason. And so I believe that from a, a discovery and a search perspective, that the core benefit of having a club is that they will drive more traffic to you, drive more people to you, give you more visibility on the platform. I mean, I can speak to community, but why don't I turn that over to, to Michael? But again, I believe that every single person on here should aspire to start a club sooner rather than later, no matter how niche, no matter how big, no matter how small. And at the end of the day, any single time, every single time that I am in a hallway and I swipe it to the left and I can see how many members of Club Pod are hanging out online at that very moment? I can open a club, uh, I'm sorry, a room to the Club Pod members literally on, on the fly 
And every single time we'll get a minimum of 50, 75, 100 people there in real conversation with one, with one another. And there's an, there's an inordinate value in that. Uh, and by the way, if you guys don't know Ed, he is in the first row. Uh, you need to follow him and see what he's doing with his clubs because he's got it down. You know, he's got a lot of people that he's made admins and and they're yeah. They're, they're, he's letting them use the club, which is pretty powerful. Count me in and for this, that, Ed. We need to talk. Let's get off of Instagram and actually have a conversation, Ed. <laughs> and <laughs> yes, then uh, I want to shout out to my friend Mari, who is also in the first group there. You can see her with the red shirt and blue. Follow her if you want to truly understand all the amazing things you can do uh, on Facebook in particular. Um, I think Facebook has, you know, Facebook groups in particular have a unique advantage that you're not going to have here, right? Which is everybody can have a, a, a voice, right? Because everybody can have the comment section and stuff. So I think that, um, I think this is a great live experience to develop community. I think people love hearing live. And I think that while it's true, you could do that on Facebook. There is something special about being here and not seeing all the notifications and stuff. I think this is a stickier app. So I think in an ideal world, you figure out a way to use Clubhouse and you figure out a way how to use these social platforms. But the true development of community, I think, is um, a little harder to do here because this is kind of a interactive only for those that are on the stage and more experience for everybody that's in the audience. And that's really good for developing one-on-one relationships or one-to-many relationships. But the true community stuff is um, that that scales beyond like 20, 30, 40 people live is probably going to have to be on a different platform. That's just my take. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Rachel. Yep. Meg, let's kick it over to you. uh, And then we'll popcorn style it so we can let uh, Michael get to his weekend. Please, Meg. Hey, Michael and Steve. Yeah, I'm I'm a podcaster. And Michael, I heard you talking about you know, with, with podcast listenings go down. And I think I'm hearing that a lot in my podcasting circles. And so you're saying, how do you, how are you seeing uh, clubhouse affecting the other social media platforms? And what do you recommend to podcasters? Uh, what would be, I guess, the best use of time and energy as far as social media? Well, first of all, I don't think podcast listening is going down for people that are not necessarily like moderating rooms. You know, um, those of us that are actively doing rooms probably don't have as much time to to listen to podcasts. So it depends who you talk to. Um, I have had zero dip in my podcast, but obviously um, th- that could vary. Um, the second part of your question was, how is this going to impact other social platforms? I think it's actually making people more active on the other social platforms. For example, it's brought me into the Instagram DM and so many other people uh, because that's the easiest platform to do DMs on, right? So I'm doing a ton of DMs on Instagram. And it's also gotten me a little bit more focused on Twitter. And I'm going to give you guys a little tip. Uh, Twitter's the one platform where you can pin a tip to the top. I mean, pin a link to the top. So when you go live on Clubhouse, you can say what I'm about to say. Hey, everybody, I've got an awesome video series on Clubhouse on how to moderate a room. And if you've click on my profile and you click on my Twitter profile, it's pinned to the top of my uh, Twitter account. Boom. All of a sudden, that's the easy way for me to take a piece of content when I'm in Clubhouse and have it pinned to the top of Twitter. And that's a powerful thing as well. So I just think that the interaction between these, between Twitter and Instagram right now, actually allows you to actually be more active on certain platforms. That's just my quick two cents. Thank you. Thanks, Meg. All right, Dragon, real quick question. Real quick, popcorn style. First of all, guys, thanks so much. Love what you just did. Here's my question. I'm a podcaster, Rise Up With Dragon. Um, What I've been doing is I've been simultaneously, when I'm running my podcast, just playing around because I'm new to Clubhouse, running it also live so people are listening while I'm running my podcast. But then after I'm having an after party, you know, just where people can interact with someone. Because what's interesting about podcasting is that it's immortalized, meaning, meaning people can listen to it again. They can re-listen, but it disappears on Clubhouse, which I think is frustrating, but awesome at the same time. So how do you feel, Mike, about the idea of doing that simultaneously, running your podcast that's going to probably upload the next day, but then also opening up your pod, the uh, Clubhouse room? Well, I think Steve is doing it, but I'm not <laughs> going to be doing it. Let's put it that way. Um, and the reason I'm not going to do it is because I have um, multiple segments and sponsors and all that kind of stuff. And I got to sew it all together. And I just don't want to make it a live show. 
Uh, I prefer not to do that. I prefer to do my own special live shows on Clubhouse, which I do if you follow Social Media Examiner. Um, so I like to just treat it as an alternative vehicle for me to have fun on. Um, but I'm not necessarily like everyone. Um, I'm a little concerned about the fact that, um, you know, doing it through Clubhouse does create some technical challenges for people that don't know exactly what they're doing, right? Steve and I are advanced podcasters and we've got all the right equipment to be able to run these through our roadcasters and use our studio mics and stuff. But, um, I do think the audio quality would be better if we weren't doing it through Clubhouse. And, uh, you know, people that listen to podcasts are really picky about the audio quality. So there is a little bit of compression going on here, you know, that doesn't happen if we were to do it on another platform. But overall, I love the idea of an after show. And I think a lot of people are doing that with live video. Um, Nick Nimmin, who's big on YouTube, has a after show, you know, over here on Clubhouse. And a lot of people do it. I think it's amazing. I would encourage you to continue to do it, Dragon. Sweet. Yeah, thanks, Dragon. Appreciate it. And uh, and just to model that for you, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get to Ann's question here as a bonus piece here for those who are live with us in Club Pod. Hold on, Ann. Go ahead and mute yourself for a second. Um, and so what I want to go ahead and do is I'm going to end this as a podcast. So we're going to say goodbye to the Reinvention Radio folks. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate you hanging out. Join us in Club Pod live. We go live almost every single day and actually multiple times a day with all the club pod leaders now. And so definitely hang out with us there. I'm going to continue this conversation for one more question here. The bonus question with Michael Stelsner of Social Media Marketing World live on Clubhouse. But for right now, we're going to say goodbye to our reinvention radio folks. And we will talk to you next time here on reinvention radio. You just got dismantled. Thanks for listening to Reinvention Radio. For more information about the show and your host, Steve Olsher, visit reinventionradio.com. 